0: A lot of talk about in the news of professional wrestling, including what's happening with AEW and Impact Wrestling, Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, and what the hell is going on with the TV programming and professional wrestling. Next on the Squared Circle Psycho Babble, my name is Michael Valenti. Joining me is Ralph Valenti. Ralph, let's start it off with some news that we got from the most reliable wrestling news source that there is, and that is ringside news. Yes, you have to take this with a giant, giant, giant grain of salt, but... The fact that I saw this on Twitter get reported also by Cassidy Haynes of Bodyslam.net and then retweeted by Sean Ross Sapp, there's some validity to this. And that is, as of Bound for Glory last night, AEW and Impact Wrestling have ended their partnership. I can't be here and say I'm not surprised, but I'm not surprised,
1: Ralph. No, I, I I'm certainly not surprised. I mean, and this is something that I've been talking about for a very, very long time. Um, when it comes down to professional wrestling, you know, I know a lot of people want to pretend like these companies are going to be able to coexist essentially forever and talent share and all these types of things. Um, but realistically, there's so many things that happen backstage. There's so many things that have to be agreed upon. And especially when you start talking and creative, like everybody mentions in pro wrestling, that's when things can start to go sideways really quick. Now, I know right now we don't really know the details behind it, but when you think about this, you know, AEW to me right now is by far the number two promotion in the pro wrestling uh, world in the United States, at least, right? Because WWE right now is just bigger than AEW. AEW might catch up to them, who knows? Um, But Impact Wrestling has slowly... I think, tried to uh, improve their their image over the past, I would say, couple of years. And they were able mm-hmm. to kind of do that by sharing some talent back and forth with AEW. I think that has benefited AEW more than it's benefited uh, Impact Wrestling. And I think now they want to try to start to kind of carve out their own kind of identity, put up their own guys, put their own guys over, try to create their own thing. Uh, take advantage of the opportunity right now when wrestling is hot and a lot of people are into pro wrestling. And who knows, maybe it'll work out for them. Maybe it won't, but I think they have to get away from AEW to do that.
0: Yeah, I agree with you with this. I do think AEW definitely benefited more from the partnership than Impact Wrestling. I think it was just really a chance for Kenny Omega to, you know, improve his character as the belt collector and win the Impact Wrestling Championship. But in the process, he kind of went over all the top talent in Impact Wrestling he drops the title, of all people, to Christian, Christian Cage, who was yeah. already on the AEW roster, and he drops the title to Jason Alexander last night at Bound for Glory before he drops it to Moose. So did the title really add any prestige that Kenny Omega took that title and you know beat all the top guys in Impact Wrestling? You can you know make the debate for that. But also, I'm looking at Impact Wrestling, and I'm seeing a lot of the WWE releases – are ending up in Impact Wrestling, not AEW. Yes, you had Malachi Black, who we're going to talk about in a minute here. Yes, you have Miro, but everyone else seems like they're heading to Impact Wrestling. Mickie James went there. She just won the Women's Championship last night, dethroning Deanna Perrazzo. You have the Iconics, now known as the Inspiration, winning the tag titles last night. Uh, Steve Macklin, formerly Steve Cutler. Braun Strowman. Might be going to Impact Wrestling under Titan. And also Bray Wyatt is reportedly going to Impact Wrestling as well. So Impact might be like, listen, I thought this was going to be a better relationship. But it ended up being not. And we're getting the big WWE talent. So we all know what it is. It's Vince McMahon calling Scott tomorrow and going, listen, we're going to release all this talent to fuck with AEW, sign them all you want, and we're going to tell them to sign with you instead of AEW. That's really what it comes down to. This is all Vince McMahon's fault.
1: Yeah, I mean, Vince McMahon is essentially the puppet master of the wrestling industry, but yeah, I'm sure that's going to be a, a talking point of the IWC probably as we're recording right now, but who knows? I mean, when you look at this partnership um yeah we've gotten some cool things out of it if you follow the lineage and the history of christian cage's career yes that was a cool moment for him to win that title back considering Mm -hmm. you know he did leave the wwe back in the day to go to impact or tna whatever it was called back then right so there was some some significance with that but you know when you're when you're impact wrestling and you look at how the cards have kind of landed if you're able to get some of this top talent or some guys that have uh had certain amount of success outside of impact or within the WWE guys like Braun Strowman who's you know supposedly rumored to be going there Bray Wyatt who knows where he's gonna end up they've they've tried to get in some guys under some major contracts here um, and it doesn't do them any favors when you have this talent cheer going on and Tony Khan's making these commercials essentially talking down about the product you know mm-hmm. i can't imagine that's doing any favors if i'm scott demore if i'm anybody who's involved in management in impact wrestling especially when you don't have your guys essentially going over some of the talent in AEW you just look inferior to them you just look like you're second rate you look like you're second best in in pro wrestling Especially now, if you're not trying to compete, and and by compete I mean attract top tier talent, try to put on the best show you possibly can. uh, You're just uh, probably going to lose and maybe go out of business. You know, Mm -hmm. right now AEW Tony Khan has a lot of money to throw around. He's got a lot of top tier talent. He was able to acquire. Well, that also means that's top tier talent that Impact has been able to miss out on. So I think they truly do need to go their own paths. If impact truly intends to go on, move forward and kind of carve out its own identity uh, and be its own promotion. They can't do that right now if they continue to allow guys like Christian or, um, you know, Kenny Omega, guys like that to go over their top guys. And not only that, but they've also kind of uh, been able to sign some guys away from Impact Wrestling and bring them into AEW. The one that stands out most to me right now as we record, Ethan Page. He's doing some really good things uh, for AEW right now. It looks like he's probably going to end up being a major star. And, you know, why would you want to have a partnership with a company that's essentially signing talent away from your company? It just, I, I, I assume this was going to happen at some point. Uh, I, I'm sure we're going to hear more details as to why this is happening. Maybe they aren't ending on bad terms, but I got to think there is some saltiness somewhere along the way.
0: Right, and I think anybody that wants to call Tony Khan the forbidden door, that he's letting all this stuff happen, I think you kind of have to take that title away from him. And I think the real forbidden door is New Japan Pro Wrestling because they still allow their talent to air on AEW. They allow their talent to be on Impact Wrestling. And we've seen AEW talent on New Japan Pro Wrestling. We've seen Impact Wrestling stars in New Japan Pro Wrestling. They're the real forbidden door, not Tony Khan. And until I see otherwise that a partnership works equally to all the promotions that Tony Khan works with, he's not the forbidden door. So sorry, Tony, you're just not, but let's talk about Tony Khan and a booking decision that he made last night on AEW Dynamite. And that is Malachi Black losing his first match in AEW in the main event of Dynamite to Cody Rhodes. We were worried this was going to happen. Yeah. The last couple weeks, and it happened. Cody Rhodes gets his win back. The crowd booing the hell out of him in Orlando. No one wanted him to win, and they still went with it. In fact, I tweeted out something, Ralph. Malachi Black is buried. Wait, am I using that term correctly? Is Malachi Black buried?
1: No. No, he's not. He's certainly not buried. Um. This is one of these things where I'm not going to jump to conclusions. I'm going to let it see how it plays out because for the Mm -hmm. most part, I would say that Tony Khan has done a pretty damn good job at, uh, booking most guys in most situations. There's been some mishaps along the way, but this is one that potentially could go down as controversial. I I think that inevitably Cody Rhodes has to turn heel. And I think this is going to play a major part in it because the fans have certainly turned on him um, he's essentially getting the effect that a guy like John Cena would get a guy like a Roman Reigns was getting before he became the tribal chief. This is essentially uh, the first over the top baby face that the crowd has looked at and said, yeah, you know what? We're just not into you. And that's a little crazy considering uh, Cody was one of the most over guys when you kind of look at the beginning of AEW, and now it's kind of like the fans have kind of turned on him. And I think that's mostly because of, the booking in certain situations that he's found himself in similar, similar to like a Roman reigns going over in the Royal rumble instead of like a Daniel Bryan or something like that. So um, Malachi black, I imagine will be fine. He is super over a couple of wins. He'll be right back where he needs to be. Who knows? I mean, maybe he ends up getting another win back from Cody. The only thing that kind of makes me a little nervous is Cody turns heel. Where can he go with this? I mean, unless he tries to pull like the, EVP card and puts himself in the title picture. Uh, because right now we know he can't contest for that title. So what's next for Cody? Uh, I would imagine a heel turn, Malachi Black. I imagine a couple wins, he's right back where he needs to be.
0: Right. And you know, I when I tweeted that out, I did get a response. Oh, one loss doesn't mean he's buried. And for those that have followed this podcast, how many times have I freaking said, or on Twitter, have I said, one loss does not mean you're buried? So play it on both sides. Eventually the bad booking could lead to a burial regardless of promotion. And I do think eventually Malachi black will bounce back from this. I think what we saw with Mero so far, since he's lost the TNT championship gives you a sign of good faith. So no, he's not buried yet. You got to see how it plays out. I totally agree with you there, but I thought dynamite last night was a, was a pretty good show. The opening match was amazing. Uh, You know, Ruby Soho and Penelope Ford was a decent match. The segment with um, the inner circle and the American top team and men of the year wasn't too bad. But I don't think there was really a, a bad segment on AEW Dynamite last night. Just this match was really the only real
1: blemish that we got from the show. Uh, yeah, I, I thought overall the show was... Pr- Actually, I I I liked the match a lot. Obviously, I wasn't a fan of the ending, but I, I did like the match. I thought it right. was really good. The fans were certainly into it. Um, you know, Malachi Black, very technical. Awesome. We're kind of seeing another side to Malachi Black where, you, you know, we always knew he was a good professional wrestler, but sometimes his matches, much like a lot of the matches nowadays, maybe felt like a little spot heavy in NXT. Um, but really, we're kind of starting to see... A much a little bit of a slower pace, some technical wrestling, some high spots, some spots where there's some rest uh, rest spots to set up the next spot. Uh, Cody is a very good pro wrestler. I wish people would kind of give him the benefit of the doubt. I don't think he's a bad wrestler. I just think that right now he finds himself in a tough spot because of who he is and mm-hmm. the people that he gets compared to. Obviously, Triple H is the most obvious comparison that people make.
0: Uh, and, of course, the, pre- the pedigree...
1: The pedigree tease
0: definitely threw that one in there. You knew he was working the crowd there, and that might be a subtle hint
1: that the heel turn is coming. If Cody Rhodes, two weeks from now, turns heel, turns on Arn Anderson, turns on his whole group and tells everyone to kiss his ass, turns on his brother, it it just shows you like he's doing exactly what he needs to do to set himself up for a major heel turn. And I I really do think that's what we're going to get out of this. If he tries to position himself as the ultra babyface, Those days are long gone and we haven't really seen him to that point uh, where he was super over as a baby face, unless he was going against like MJF. We haven't, we haven't seen that in a couple of years now. So uh, turn heel, run with it, be the American nightmare, and I'm sure he'll do just fine.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. And this, I feel like is a work into a shoot brother situation. And I don't think it's really the only one that we've seen this whole weekend of professional wrestling, but I don't know if you noticed this, Ralph. Uh, during the picture in picture of the main event, we did get a we did get a promo for NHL hockey on TNT at 10 o'clock at night. Did you
1: yeah. see this? Uh, I, I did not, to be honest. No.
0: Okay. Well, there was a promo, and it turns out that this is going to affect AEW Dynamite programming because because of the NHL, AEW Dynamite is not going to air on TNT for the West Coast. So, either you find a cable provider that carries both the East and West Coast feeds and you just record the East Coast feed, or you are SOL for Dynamite this week. Mm -hmm. And it seems like this is going to be the case until AEW moves to TBS. That's going to affect the precious little ratings the wrestling fans love to talk about, too. What are your thoughts on this?
1: Uh, if you're a, a fan on the West Coast and you don't have access to this to watch it, I feel bad for you. That that certainly stinks. Um, God, I, I, I'm honestly not looking for. I, I honestly might deactivate my Twitter for how long is this <laughs> going to go on? Because till January, can't, I can't. I, I I just can't deal with the back and forth about demos and viewership and all the other stuff that you know. Frankly, unless you have any vested interest, unless you have stock in WWE, unless you work for AEW, unless you get a paycheck from WWE. Why do people care about this? Why do we continue to push this narrative? That's just nonsense because some dirt sheet writer told you it's important. If you're a fan, who cares? I'm a Giants fan. The Giants are freaking terrible. You know what I look at? What? How many wins and losses do they have? I don't go and look at how many people watch the game to say that, oh, well, yeah, you know what? I should really support this or that. Like... I like WWE when it's good. I like AEW when it's good. I don't ever really care about the viewership or anything like that because I have no stock in it. I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go to work, and I'm going to get a paycheck from my work. We'll get a little bit of money from this. But it it doesn't freaking matter to me, and it shouldn't freaking matter to you. So just stop with the BS, watch the shows, enjoy it, and, and that should be it. Who can't you half the people can't read the freaking demo thing. Like, who gives (laughs) a shit?
0: Who gives a shit?
1: Just enjoy it. Enjoy the match. Enjoy Malachi Black and Cody Rhodes. Enjoy Lesnar and Roman Reigns. And stop tweeting at each other stuff that you can't even comprehend. Just stop it. It's embarrassing. but, you know,
0: it's social media in 2021. Everybody's an expert in something that they read on social media. And I keep saying all the time, unless you work in TV, unless you work in advertising, you don't know much about ratings. You're just regurgitating what you see on social media. And I actually tweeted out something Friday morning because I was just, after a week of seeing debates because Rampage won the demo against uh, against SmackDown, I said, Dare Wrestling Twitter... Unless you work in television or advertising, shut up about the ratings.
1: So you work in TV. Let me ask you this. Yes. Was SmackDown on Fox or FS1 this week? It was on Fox this week. Okay, so if we're trying to compare demos and viewership and all these things like that, if it's on its regular station, what are the demos and the numbers going to look like by comparison?
0: I don't think Rampage is winning. Especially if it's, you know, so you the don't think we're gonna 30. we're gonna
1: see Tony Khan do another victory lap, uh, retweeting every freaking uh wrestling journalist. I it, it's just stop. Stop. That's not important. You're one of the hottest wrestling promotions in the world right now, and you're going on with this pseudo wrestling war that shouldn't matter, that it it's just so he should be so above that. And some mm-hmm. of the wrestlers should be so above that and the fans they should know better because, you know, honestly, if you put that sheet, this is the reason I don't talk about this stuff because I, I, I don't know those types of things you do because you work at TV. If you put that sheet with the ratings and the viewership and the demos in front of most people, most of them would have no idea what to eat, what they're even looking at. Mm-hmm. I, I I promise you that much. Yeah. You no. Know, so it's just, it's mind boggling to me that it's gotten to this point where we're continue to argue about things that we don't even are, are, uh, understand.
0: Right. And and Yes. AEW Dynamite is number one in the demo on Wednesday nights, usually. But it it all depends on what viewer is watching. Like, yes, 18-49 to is a key demographic, the key demographic. But it's not the be-all, end-all that wrestling fans try to make it out to be. You know, it's great. They make money out of it. And for Tony Khan, that demo is the key demographic, and that's who he's targeting. That's fine. For Vince McMahon, he is targeting kids. He is targeting Adults 18 to 49, he's targeting people that are 50 plus. That does not mean one is superior than the other. They're different products.
1: If you're a wrestling fan, I'm sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. I'll let you finish in a sec. If you're a wrestling fan and you're honestly sitting there telling yourself that if Tony Khan had the choice between signing the Bunny or Roman Reigns, (laughs) if you're honestly having that internal debate in your mind somewhere in your cranium, Exit stage left, because you don't know what you're talking about. I am but, so but she sick. But beat, she beat Roman in the demo. Stop. 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 With, the, stop with the demo. Stop with the viewership. Roman Reigns is a household name for any professional wrestling fan. The bunny, as, as good or bad as she may be, depending on who, what type of fan you are, I think she's fine. But if I'm starting a pro wrestling company, and I had to choose between those two, come on, who are we picking? It's the not The tribal a chief. It's not a conversation. It's asinine to even suggest it and for people to tweet, ooh, the bunny beat of it." Stop, hop along, move along, (laughs) bring in the tribal chief, bring him out on his throne or whatever you want to roll him out on because the real conversation is Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns. We're not talking about nonsense talk that people tweet about. And I know I'm getting fired up here, but I'm just so sick of the back and forth about things. Mm -hmm. People making points that honestly have no foundation, no substance, no meaning. And the worst part about this is Most wrestling journalists know that they're pushing a specific narrative when they tweet these things out and that it's just all nonsense talking points to get people fired up and to just essentially uh, confirm the type of bias that they're trying to push. It's nonsense. We all know it's nonsense. Roman Reigns is a much bigger star than the bunny, no matter how how you want the cards to fall. To suggest otherwise is asinine.
0: Right. And for those that are, You know, because I work at TV, people want to explain this. Here's my theory on what happened on Friday. That Rampage and SmackDown went one-on-one or whatever. You want to call it a Friday Night War or whatever. What people don't realize is these ratings are live plus same day. And what same day means is watching it on your DVR the same day. So what happened? People watched SmackDown from 10 to 10.30, and then at 10.30 started their recording of Rampage. That's it. That is it. That is all we got from that. That's all that is. And if I'm surprised not one journalist that is an expert in ratings did not even bring up that concept. Why? Because you guys just think, oh, it's just live viewing. People just turned off Becky Lynch versus Sasha Banks to watch Sam Punk versus Matt Seidel. No. If you see the full day, how even all the demos were, You know exactly what
1: happened. They watched SmackDown and then they watched Rampage on their DVR. That's it. mention that that contract signing that closed that night with with Brock and Roman, by the next day, it had something like 4 million views on YouTube. Right. But that's that's international views. That's everybody worldwide. I'm just saying, I'm just saying there's other ways to kind of essentially measure how much people are viewing your content. And, you know, with the ratings and what viewership, all that, we've covered this a million times. It's skewed because it's not in every household. You don't actually know how many people are watching that. Right. So it's just, it's just nonsense. It it needs to stop.
0: Right. And and
1: it doesn't help
0: matters that last night Fox decided to re-air SmackDown, the same time slot as AEW Dynamite. Now I'm sure there were people on the internet, on Twitter. And I think I saw Some of those high-profile names on the internet wrestling community say this was all Vince's idea. This is Vince McMahon's idea that Fox re-aired SmackDown the same time as AEW Dynamite. However, folks, the reason, and this is the only reason, there's nothing else to this, is because Fox was supposed to air Game 7 of the American League Championship Series, which did not happen because the series is over. So what ended up happening was, Fox had to come up with what's called contingency programming, which is backup programming in case your original show is not there. It's not airing anymore. It happens all the time with live programming. This was contingency programming. It is easy to fill two hours of TV programming with a two-hour show. That's it. It has nothing to do with Vince McMahon. It has nothing to do with Tony Khan. It has nothing to do with the damn ratings. It's contingency programming. They're just filling out two hours of programming. That's
1: it. Can you tell we're bothered by the talk about viewership and ratings and demos?
0: Yes, and what bothers me more is because I have to explain how ratings work to both sides of the damn argument and they both think I'm are, like defending both promotions. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just trying to educate people how ratings freaking work and what they mean. You got one side saying, "Oh, it's the viewership that matters." You got the other that's saying, "Oh, the demo matters." They both matter. To, to the to white you? people. To the right people. Exactly. They matter to the right person. Unless you work in TV, unless you work in advertising, shut up about the ratings. Do yourselves a favor. Do yourselves a favor, internet wrestling community. Take your phone. Take your phone. Uninstall Twitter. Uninstall (laughs) Facebook. Uninstall Reddit. Keep YouTube because we need the views. But uninstall all the other ones. And just watch the damn shows. I'm not telling you to like WWE. I'm not telling you to like AEW. But just shut up about ratings. They mean nothing to you other than confirmation bias because, oh, AEW's better because they target the 18-49 to 49 demographic. Well, WWE's better because they cater to 50-plus and kids. No, they're both good in their own ways and they're both bad in their own ways. I can go an hour and separate which one how one is good and one is bad and vice versa, but... I don't want to. I'll be honest with you. I don't want to. I'll let you guys in the comment section figure that out. But talking about SmackDown, Ralph, we had a very interesting way that SmackDown closed. Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch were supposed to have this, this title exchange. And when I say there are things that <laughs> WWE does bad, this, this was bad. This was bad. They, this could have been totally avoided had they just had Charlotte, drop the title to Bianca on Monday, and Sasha win the triple threat at Crown Jewel, but instead, both retain, and they do what they did last year with the tag titles with this title exchange. Well, apparently, this ruffled some feathers, and it turned into a shoot because Charlotte Flair threw the title on the ground. Becky Lynch was supposed to grab the title, hold both belts, call herself Becky, two belts before she throws the belt at Charlotte. The whole segment goes awry, and then after the show goes off the air, we hear that Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair have a verbal dispute. Charlotte doesn't even talk to Vince McMahon and Gorilla, walks away, is escorted by um, security. All this is from reports from uh, PW Insider. And then we hear that Talk Sport is saying that, I think it was Talk Sport saying that people are behind Becky Lynch because she's just doing her job <clears throat> while Charlotte Flair is going into business for herself. And then you have people now speculating that Charlotte Flair could be on her way out when her contract expires, I think. And I think there's quite a few years left in that contract. But she's going to go to AEW.
1: Your thoughts, Ralph? Well, it's unfortunate such a meaningless, needless segment has led to something like this. Uh, and you know, these things don't happen by accident. If something like this gets to the point where one of your top, uh, stars, one of the best pro wrestlers in the world is to the point where they're venting frustration on literal, literal live TV. And then, you know, uh, marching out backstage has to be escorted out. There's, there's more to it than just that one segment. Usually there's probably some mounting frustration. And that's just me offering my opinion on the matter. um, I imagine within the next couple of weeks, we'll get more specifics on this about what actually happened. Uh, it's just unfortunate because, like I said, the these segments, they're so needless. Like, this did not need to happen. I mean, honestly, there's, there's one women's champion for each show, for each brand. You really need to exchange the titles because the color of them is different. It's so... Well, silly. Why have the Raw Women's Champion on SmackDown and why have the
0: SmackDown Women's Champion on Raw? I mean, that would be inconsistent. And we all know how WWE
1: loves consistent, logical booking. But 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 god forbid they did like something interesting, like there was some sort of reason that they had to trade uh trade Becky or Charlotte, like actually try to build this into a storyline. They just picked the simplest denominator, which is oh, let's go have them march out there and trade the belts, and then you get something like this. People are pissed off because they know how ridiculous it is. Ridiculous it is because you have Charlotte, who is great, Becky, who is great, and the fans, who at this point they they see right through it because we just saw this last year. Mm-hmm. So it's just bad all around. So I mean, could Charlotte have handled herself better in this situation? Yeah, of course she could have. It didn't happen, and unfortunately, now who knows what's going to happen? We know that. Her um her her longtime I think boyfriend not fiance if I'm correct fiance they're engaged fiance, okay they're engaged um uh, Andrade is an AEW he is doing some very good things taking advantage of some opportunities that he wasn't given in the WWE I gotta imagine that when or if Charlotte does who knows gets released gets uh, I doubt she'll get released but if no. it gets to that point um or when she becomes a free agent you got to think Tony Khan's gonna make a major move at her um and. It just stinks that it's getting to the point where you have your top talent um, venting their frustrations on TV like this because you'd never want that.
0: Now, I'm just going to throw this out there. I'm going to throw this out there in the universe because you never know. This could be a possible scenario. What if this is all a work and they're working everyone into a shoot? What (laughs) if it's a work? Because not for nothing, I, I, I had to check my calendar to make sure of this, Ralph, but... I think we're about four weeks away from some pay-per-view where Raw and SmackDown go head-to-head for brand supremacy and the Raw Women's Champion faces the Women's Champion. I, I mean, I, I could be wrong. Is there a pay-per-view like that in, like, mid-November? I think it's in the Barclays Center. Can, can you remind me? I, I mean, we've we have gone so far away from talking about WWE on this podcast that I think I forgot the pay-per-view schedule for I WWE.
1: Isn't it full gear? Yeah,
0: yeah, I think. It's either full gear, it might be Bound for Glory, uh, Power Struggle. Saturday uh,
1: Night main Event.
0: Saturday Night Ma- Yeah, we're getting close. Uh, Roy- is it... Roy- no, it's not Royal Rumble. It's, it's not TLC. They got rid of that pay-per-view. Oh, yeah, it's Survivor Series. <laughs> this is the Build Survivor Series, guys. They're working you into a shoot. This is definitely a, sh- a work. This is. De- I mean, if, if there's, if you guys, the fact that we're talking about this, Vince McMahon is in his guerrilla position seat right now, just going, "Good shit, pal." They're reading this right up. We knew right then and there to feed this to the to Mike Johnson, a PW Insider, because he was going to, you know, tell this, and then we'll tell Sean Ross Sapp a little bit of the story and talk sport. They're working you into a shoot. (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) I mean, how could they, if if they're not, then they just had one of the happiest accidents in their booking history.
1: Wasn't that essentially what happened with CM Punk? In a way
0: you're talking about the pipe bomb, or
1: Yeah. I mean, a, a lot of unfortunate events led to the pipe bomb and, you know, obviously led to what's happening right now. But at the same time, from frustration became the pipe bomb, which inevitably inevitably led to uh, CM Punk becoming one of the top stars in the industry. So. Yeah, I mean, who
0: knows? I mean, I think it's a work to build to Survivor Series, and we'll know more as the weeks to come. But from one from watching it and seeing like what people are saying and like, oh, security escorted out Charlotte Flair, you know. I'm, like, 90-10%, 90-10, like, confident that this is a work. This is all to build their Survivor Series match, uh, women's champion versus women's champion, and then uh, Charlotte will eventually go with Sasha, Becky will go with Bianca at the Royal Rumble, and then a combination of those four will meet at WrestleMania. That's the storyline. I mean, is this long-term storytelling? People have been clamoring for?
1: I would hope. (laughs) Let's end on a good note. We've 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 talked a lot and there's been a lot of negatives, I think, in the IWC and the wrestling world. I mean, a lot of positives, a lot of negatives. What's something we can end on that's a positive positive note? Positive? Anything positive happened this past week?
0: I mean, outside of the main event of Raw, I think all the shows this week have been were pretty good. I think you yeah, had think. a you had a good, a decent Raw. You had a decent NXT 2.0. Crown Jewel was arguably the best show they ever did in Saudi Arabia. Shh. Oh, am I not supposed to say that? Blood money. Oh, yeah, I know. The dirty, filthy money that was acquired for that show. Yeah. But other than that, it was a good show. A really, really good main event. SmackDown was good. A- AEW Dynamite was good. So... And Kazuchika Okada is the G One Champion again, and he's bringing Proposed back the IW- yeah, and he's bringing back the IWGP Heavyweight Title, the good looking one, not that weird one that Osprey's carrying around. So, I think there was a lot of good news. Thanks for listening to this conversation of the Squared Circle Cycle Babble, and you can be part of the conversation by following us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. SCPB Podcast for Rob Valenti. My name is Michael Valenti. Again, thank you for joining us on the Squared Circle Cycle Babble.